Spring is in full swing and summer is just around the corner. A great time for a beach getaway at the Oceanfront Boardwalk Plaza Hotel in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Enjoy the best of oceanfront accommodations and amazing dining right on the beach, both with great views of the ocean and boardwalk. Enjoy a soak in the heated indoor spa pool or book the adults-only concierge level and relax in the rooftop hot tubs. Book online at boardwalkplaza.com or call 800-33 beach thanks to the boardwalk plaza for being the bridge podcast network sponsor maybe one time or another in your life you're like why on earth are christians so obsessed with money why are they passing this plate around why do christians give money at church we're going to talk about that today i'm mark dickey cha-ching and i'm Bert miller <laughs> you're listening to the why do christians podcast <laughs> Hey, welcome to the show. My name is Mark Dickey. I host the afternoon show on a Christian radio station called The Bridge. My co-host is Bert Miller. He's lead pastor at Solid Ground Church in Lewis, Delaware. Bert, how are you today? Mark Morales Dickey. I'm doing awesome. <laughs> I need a definition on that one. Well, Mark Morales. Uh, okay, so where where that came from was I was watching some Spider Man, okay. and there's, there's Miles Morales. And oh. so I just, I just, you know, he's he's a, he's an up and coming Spider Man. I look at you, I say, "There's a hero, right there." <laughs> I'm the hero that <laughs> the, the podcast network needs. Not not the one that they deserve, but the one that they no, need. That's needed. Batman. That's Batman. Yeah. Oh well, with great podcasts comes great responsibility. That's, that, that, that's Spider Man. That, that right? Spider Man. Okay. I, I just I just I've never thought. To, yeah, yeah. I've never thought to link those. <laughs> I, you can see the little thought I put into that that middle name right there for you was really just oh, like that kind of rolls. Okay, that was it. All right. Well, that's not what we're here to talk no. about today. I mean, it could. <laughs> we could talk about Spider Man all day. Why do Christians read Spider Man? <sighs> Let's not do that. Okay. What's today? <laughs> today we're talking about a little bit of a taboo subject mm. because I mean I I would say you could probably trace a large number of problems that people have had with Christianity today throughout its history, but really any church in general, when, when money gets involved in anything, it becomes complicated. Feelings get hurt, things get abused. And so I thought, let's talk about that today. Why do Christians give money to church? Yeah, man. Well, you think about it. I mean, you're, you're so right to say that like, it's a, it's a hot button. It's a, it, it's taboo a little bit. You think about, I mean, and it's not without precedent, right? Like, let's acknowledge that sometimes maybe Christians, churches, what have you, have emphasized money in a way that might not be good or healthy. I'm thinking about, for instance, uh, one of the things that, that Martin Luther responded to during the Reformation back in the 1600s was the sale of these things called indulgences, which mm-hmm. were basically you would pay money for a piece of paper to release a dead relative from uh, hell or purgatory, mm-hmm. depending on the one that you bought. Like that's that that's messed up, yeah. right? Yeah, and and no no church movement espouses that anymore. Like everybody has has been like, nope, that wasn't good, but it's happened in the past, right? So it's one of those things. Like you figure that there's also there's ammo that people might have towards faith. They think you know, listen, Christians or churches are only interested in me for my money. Mm-hmm. There, there's an old, and I'm not I'm not advocating this or saying you should listen to it, but there there's an old I think it's George Carlin routine where he would talk about. You know, God is omniscient. He's he's all powerful, but he's always lacking money. He needs to borrow a buck. You know, and that's kind of 
that's kind of the misunderstanding, right? That, you know, God can't function unless we give him stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think it's, it's important to realize that, no, that's not why anybody <laughs> or anyone should give. Um, certainly, biblically speaking, that's not why there's giving at all. Well, and, and I mean, yeah. isn't that you, – you could take money out of the equation when it comes to following Jesus. Yeah. He's not – there's no, like, prerequisite but believing in him and following him. You right. Don't, you don't have to – Pay your way into the kingdom. Whether it's money, yeah. you don't have to serve your way into the kingdom. Yeah. You don't have to stop cussing to be in the kingdom. Not right. that's another <laughs> bleep. <laughs> Go on. But like, you don't have to fix yourself. You don't have to to undo the wrong that you've done yeah. in order for God to accept you. Yeah, but see, that's actually that's foundational when we understand and we develop what we would call a theology or you know ideology of giving is to realize that first and foremost. We serve a God who doesn't take, but who gives. Yeah. Right. So, like when we talk about giving at at the forefront, is this this reflection of God's nature? Like, let's think about most famous verse in the Bible, John three sixteen. Right. For God so loved the world that He gave, gave his, his one only Son. Like God's His love overflows into His blessings in creation. And so this is important because if we're going to talk about giving, what we have to realize is that God doesn't need anything. Mm-hmm. And over and over and over again in the Bible, he's like, listen, what can you offer me that I don't have? Oh, I know a verse. Go. Uh, I think it might be Psalm 50 or 150. Uh, if I was thirsty, I would not tell you. Oh. Yeah. 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 Because he didn't need it, right? He didn't need the water. But then you think about it. Okay, so what's, what's that mean for us, right? So it, it comes out of, and this is, this is the big idea that's behind giving, if we're talking about reflecting God's nature, is that... It's an idea of what's called stewardship, right? Stewardship is not that I have my stuff and I give some of it to God. Instead, stewardship is actually it all belongs to God. Mm-hmm. I've been entrusted what I have. Uh, some some great verses about this would be uh, Psalm 24, verse 1, where it says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, mm-hmm. right? So when, when we choose to give, what we're doing is we're choosing to use the things that that God has given us, whether that be time, whether that be money, whether that be talent, what have you, these things that have been entrusted to us because it all belongs to God, and we're choosing to give back to Him in a way that um, shows priority, shows honor, shows trust. But but at the heart of all of it is what's called stewardship, and that's a really big deal. Another thing to realize when we're talking about like a, a theology of, of giving would be this this principle of what's called first fruits, right? So. Um, when we're going through the scriptures and we're trying to understand giving it all, like why do people give to anything, particularly religious stuff? Um, sometimes we hear first verse, like, what's that all about? And we forget that, no, a lot of the Bible was written to like an, uh, an agrarian society where people were farmers, people were growing stuff, right? And, mm-hmm. and one of the ways that they would practice that was they would take their first fruit to their harvest, like the first stuff that, that had grown, and they would give it to the Lord. And what it was a way of saying was, hey, listen, I'm choosing to give God my best. Like I'm, there's, I'm thinking particularly uh, Proverbs three nine, where it says, "Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops." And the mm-hmm. reason this is important, I think, we're just talking about like the 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 heart behind it is because it gets us away from sort of a mentality of giving God a tip. Yes, you know, like a lot of us, like, that's, that's what we think. You know, okay, like I'll, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll take what I've got and then. Um, if God does a good job this week, like a waiter, I'll give, I'll give him a little bit. If I've got some some leftover, you know, to show him, hey, thanks, thanks for that top notch, right? 
Um, you know, but, it's interesting. Go. I'm just getting the visual of thinking about it like farming. Mm-hmm. And if you have first fruits, you're in faith hoping that there are second fruits. Yeah. So like you're not taking, you know, the first bit of the harvest and putting it away so that you have food during the winter, but you're actually giving to God before you even take anything for yourself. Dude, that is so good. Yeah, absolutely. But that's, but that's the thing. That's the thing right there. Okay. Cause you also figure like first fruits, it's your first opportunity to maybe sell it and get a profit for yourself or whatever. But, but the Bible authors and, and, Christians historically, they, they operate with this principle that when it comes to what they choose to give to God, that we can just say it like this, we give God our best, we don't give him our leftovers. Yeah. And we find as we go through, and I'm just thinking about um, the Old and New Testament, there are times where people make a mistake of not doing this, and God calls them out on it. Like there's a story, like the, the prophet Malachi, which is the last book of the Old Testament, right? Right before God goes quiet for 400 years and, and then Jesus arrives. One of the things that he that he takes people to task for is, and this is interesting to think about, is that they would go and, and they had been commanded, all right, you're going to give your animals here for sacrifice. You'll give your your you know like the first fruits. You'll give you'll give uh, firstborn. You'll give uh, animals that that are without blemish. In other words, like give God the best looking animal that you've got, right, for sacrifice and whatever. And people were at this place where what they were doing is they're going, well, hold on, God doesn't really care. I mean, he doesn't need the animal anyway. So why don't I keep the best looking one for me? And I'll I'll take like a lame animal. I'll take one that's got blemishes and whatever. Because listen, God's spirit, he doesn't need it. Like he he doesn't really care. It's just it's it's the fact that I'm just giving something. That's the priority, right? Uh-huh. And what God says in Malachi one eight, he says, when you offer blind animals for sacrifice, is that not wrong? When you sacrifice lame or diseased animals, is that not wrong? And then he goes, try offering them to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you? Says the Lord Almighty. Meaning, like if you were to listen, well. What's it really matter if you if you tried that with a human dignitary? Would they have a problem with that? If you're like, oh yeah, here's this leftover animal that I've, that I've got, and the point is clearly no. We give God our best, right? Mm. Which is why, as you as you transition towards uh, the New Testament, when you got uh, them talking about religious gatherings and giving money and what have you, Paul says like this in First Corinthians sixteen two. He's like, on the first day of the week, each of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up, so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. And so we find, hey, on the very first day of the week, first time, you know, I'm going to paycheck, first time, like before my week starts, I'm setting this aside. And what's behind all of it is this belief that, okay, God comes first, and I'm going to choose to trust him with my finances, or I'll trust him with what I've got because I want to honor him because ultimately he's my source of all of it anyway, Mm, right? Yeah. That's, I mean, when, for me, like I, we have a direct deposit uh, you know, that's how I get paid mm-hmm. every two weeks and it shows up on Thursday morning and number one Thursday morning before I walk out the door for work, uh, I give those first fruits. I'll oh, see. That's cool. Yeah. And that's, it's like, no, I know that I know I got to pay the, the mortgage this right. month with, with this check as well. Right. But that, first little the first fruits have to go first and you say god i trust you and in the beginning that's really really hard i mean i guess it's it's yeah no for sure it's a discipline and it's something that you grow in and and you know we've we've figured out through discipline through stewardship to not be living paycheck to paycheck Mm -hmm. um but you just got to have that 
posture of giving God your first fruits. Absolutely. And it's a trust thing, right? Yeah. Because, okay, well, I, you know, I could keep this little bit extra for me, and maybe there's this thing that I could buy, or maybe I, I'm, I'm strapped or I'm scared or, or what have you. But to say, you know what? God, I'm opening my hand. Here, here this is, and I'm going to trust you with my future because more than my bank account, you are my source of security. Yeah. More than my stuff, you are, are my, my enjoyment. More than my job, you are my provider. And so me choosing to actively give regularly creates a space for that. <laughs> uh, pastors are going to hate me for this. Oh. You, you, you know those like – Do tell. You know those uh, – <laughs> There's like ads that pop up on the side. Pastors hate him. Blah, 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 blah. Like anyway, <laughs> Wait, not what? pastors, like, I don't know. Bodybuilders hate him for being this fit for not doing the work. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> whatever. I'm, I'm waiting for the connection here. Yeah. Um, I, I, listen, if you're going to say that pastors no, look like no. bodybuilders, I'm in. Okay. Let's go. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. Okay. Uh, so that's exactly why I don't have a, a lot of churches will allow you to do like an auto- auto give function Mm -hmm. and uh it's very important for me personally to when my when money comes into my account for me to stop yeah the morning it comes into my account and have that like god thank you yeah thank you for this that's your expression of i love you so much god that i'm before i even spend the rest of this check this much is going back back to you See that's cool. I, I you know you know what's weird. I, I I'm an auto guy. I absolutely <laughs> I absolutely. Um, and the reason that I do that, and I'm not saying I mean maybe maybe you're right and I'm wrong here. I don't know. Um, the reason that I do it is because I'm just a naturally I'm a forgetful guy, um, and I want to make sure that like like I want to make sure that the very first thing that happens with my money is that it goes and honors God. So I would set similarly where like my check comes in. Usually it's a Friday. Um, and I have it set to by Friday afternoon that that money is going out and I've calculated out right here's the percentage that I want to give and here's what that looks like mm-hmm. but for me it's it's I you know I, I see the benefit of what you're saying with like okay, I'm gonna stop I'm gonna remember it and I, w- I want to say yes and amen to that I'm just totally not wired that way <laughs> well and I mean I don't want to like pull your strings like oh man in front of a live microphone please but like don't you think you might be missing out on some of the worship? Maybe the worship experience of maybe of, I mean think of dedicating some time. Yeah, maybe. Um, but for me, I, for it, it's an obedience to conviction. I would much rather. Okay, I feel convicted in my heart to give this. I would much rather make sure that I'm obedient to that than um, miss it. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> hey, Mark, do you like commercials? I do. Don't we all? Wouldn't it be great if we had a sponsor for this podcast? Mark, nothing would make me happier. Well, you could sponsor this podcast by contacting us at podcast at wearethebridge.org. You could be a hot dog stand. A, a cheese grater company. You could sell furniture. Or Wi-Fi. <laughs> Contact us at podcast at wearethebridge.org. I, I think that's it. I think we got it. So we're talking about giving and specifically giving to the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we're giving back to God. We're giving God our first fruits, but like, right. why, why is it going to church? Yeah. Or, you know, like what, what's the deal with that? Yeah. Well, I mean, aside from that, just being practiced, right? Like we, we give to further the work of the Lord. There are lots of things that, that 
happen when, when, when you choose to give to uh, a body of believers. I, I think why well, I think it's hard to, to even think this through. We let, let me say it like this. One of the main reasons you should give to a church, and, and I think everybody who's a Christian should, is that what makes you a Christian? No. Do you have to give to become a Christian? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Um, but a good practice for every Christian to do, wh- why you should give, is because your giving allows ministry to take place. Now listen, can and does God provide? Yes and absolutely. And I could give you story after story, like just as a pastor, I give you story after story of the ways the Lord has provided for our church again and again and again. Our church is not made or broken by any one person giving. We trust the Lord with all of our finances. At the mm. same time, one of the ways that he has structured life, creation, that this movement called Christianity is that we should all uh, share the load together. So I think it's important to realize this, that like when I say like ministry takes place, um, we live in a time right now where where everything is available for free and usually at the push of a button, right? Mm-hmm. So like, think about like right now, okay, if you guys are, if you're on here, you're listening to a podcast that you didn't pay for, right? I mean, like mm-hmm. it just, it you downloaded it somewhere or maybe during the week you want to listen to some, some worship music and, okay, uh, so you just click play on YouTube, you click uh, play on the bridge or you, you, you download it on, on, on wherever or, or maybe like there's a sermon that just really speaks to you. There's a there's a pastor that you love to listen to, and so you listen to those sermons. And again, it's free. Like you don't go to that church, you don't tithe to it, you don't give to it, or, or whatever. You just you receive it. But the thing to realize is you're getting all of that because someone has paid for it. Yeah. Right. Like okay, so let's take the, the studio that we're in right now. There are bills to pay in this studio, right? Just on a practical end. Before we even talk about okay, like the spiritual end, like the lights are on, there's power so that uh, it it's going into the mic. Yeah. And I mean, and if you're not familiar with, maybe you just found this podcast and you're like, what is he even talking about? This is so, uh, my day job, mm-hmm. well, I guess this is technically my day job, isn't it? But, um, <laughs> but, uh, it just I, doesn't even seem like work. I host the afternoon <laughs> show at the radio station. So it's a Christian radio station that is funded by our listeners, by businesses in the community who are saying, yes, I, I want this yeah. station to be here. Yeah. Like, same same was true with church. Okay, you know, people come to our church and and uh, we may serve them. They may uh, you know hear the message. They may enjoy the worship. What have you? Well, that's able to happen because the lights are on, or we've paid for the equipment, or mm-hmm. or what have you. And so, just on a practical end, it's easy to be like, well, it, it, I can get whatever for free. But I'm telling you, somebody's paying for it. Yeah. Right. Um, but beyond that, that's just like on a practical end for church to take place. All right, and, and if you think teaching is valuable, if you think learning stuff about the faith is valuable, well, teachers have to feed their families. Um, and so it, you know, it, it, it helps when, when you give. But beyond that, um, churches are also places where the poor are cared for. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, you, you know, you have people who like in our church we, we have benevolence, we have things like that where if somebody's part of our congregation and they've got a maybe problem paying for their electric bill or getting food or, or, or what have you, we we set funds aside so that we can care for those who can't care for themselves. And that's a really big deal. And that's mm. historic. Christianity churches have uh, done that since the beginning. But I mean we could go beyond that. We could talk about humanitarian aid, right? Whether that be missions, whether that be uh, giving like churches sometimes at least I can only speak for for our church, but I would say every other church where I'm friends with the leader, they, they do this too. Uh, they'll take money and they'll give it to 
uh, parachurch organizations, things like Samaritan's Purse or uh, Compassion International, like groups who uh, will some will take the gospel where it is, and others will uh, clothe uh, the naked. They'll give medicine to the sick. They'll feed the hungry. And when yeah. you give, um, it goes towards that. And sometimes, what's hard is um, when. In, in the shifts that we're seeing culturally, it used to be people would just give money to churches because that was what you do, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. hey, I'm part of it, so here's my blank amount this week. Uh, now, for us as, as younger folks, although you younger than me, a, a trend that, that uh, we're seeing with millennials is millennials, actually, they're great at giving when they can see what the money goes to. Hmm. But if it just feels like it's going into an account and they can't see it, they have a harder time with that because we we want to put a face to it. Um, but but that becomes impossible at points because there's just there's no way unless unless you're well not even that I'll say like unless you're involved in the leadership of your church, there's no way you can know where everything goes. But I'll even say this as a leader in my church because I because I <laughs> we have a wonderful finance director who handles the money stuff. I don't really touch most of that other than budget stuff. Uh, at the beginning of the year. So even then, if you're on the ship, you might not know where everything goes other than it's documented. Um, but that's okay, like because at the end of the day, the reason that you're giving isn't so that the stuff that you approve of is funded. Mm-hmm. The reason that you're giving is because you're choosing to make trust in God a priority. You're choosing to honor him with your finances. And I just think a great question to ask is, like, if you, you know, even as I'm saying this, is there a part of you that's just like, oh, I, I, I don't want to give any of my money because, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? And I need it for this. I need it for that. Um, I think the better question to ask is, do you have your money or does your money have you? Hmm. And so that's another reason to, hey, you know, I'm, my trust is not in my money. My trust is in God. And so this is another way that I can practically choose to trust him on a regular basis. And this is at the the heart behind our sort of theology of giving. That that's why that's why Christians give. So that's giving. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the word tithing. Yeah. And actually I, I grew up in church for a long, long time and I didn't hear the word tithe for a long time. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well I, I grew up in church and it was the exact opposite. Like my dad I, I can remember even before, because I, I came to faith, like conversion experience at 15, but I grew up in church. My dad's a retired pastor. And even when I was a little guy, I remember him teaching me tithing. So, <laughs> so that's interesting. Um, and, and maybe if this is new to you guys, so the word tithe, uh, T-I-T-H-E, it means 10th, right? And so there's a there's a, a practice that many practice where it's, they tithe, they give 10% of their income to uh, the church, and I, I need to just to say this up front that Christians differ on this. So we're saying, why do Christians do this? Different Christians, different movements, different denominations, leaders—they have different beliefs about should Christians tithe or not. Um, mm. The the practice kind of for those who do, um, generally speaking, what they would think is um, that we are mandated by God to give ten percent of our income towards. The work of God on the earth, and, and and those who adhere to this viewpoint will probably cite places like Malachi three. Like I mentioned, Malachi earlier, um, there's a point in Malachi where he's chastising uh, the Israelites, and he says this Malachi three eight. He says, "Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me." But you ask, "How are we robbing you?" And he says, "In tithes and offerings." And again, you jump forward a couple of verses to verse ten. He says, "Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house." Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven 
and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. So there are those who read this verse and they go, listen, what Malachi is teaching is that if you choose not to tithe, you're robbing God. And they'll say, listen, let's also not forget that Abraham tithed before there was Old Testament law. Um, and, and when you choose to tithe, um, you can trust that God's going to provide for you. Now, the reason I say that this is this is in conflict is not everybody believes that. So there are others who will who will look at that and they'll say, well, yes, we want to trust God with our finances. At the same time, we're dealing with Old Testament law where tithing was part of the 600 plus commands that you would keep as being an Old Testament uh, Jewish person because tithing had to do with provision for the temple of God in Jerusalem or the tabernacle before that. And it had to do with provision for the Levites and the priests, those who were taking care of it. And so you needed to tithe so that that would take place, but it had to do with sort of civic duty, almost like taxes, like this, you're mandated mm-hmm. to, to pay that. And so um, there are those who say, like, there are those who believe like firmly, hey, I'm convicted, tithing is the way to go. Um, and I see it scripturally here in Malachi. And so let's take that to the New Testament church. But there are others who would say, hold on, hold on. The New Testament model of giving is not tithing at all. Instead, it has to do with conviction. Right, so um, the pushback would be saying uh, Second Thessalonians nine seven, where where Paul would say, "Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver." There, we don't see a hey, each of you should give ten percent. It's hey, what are you convicted to give? That's how much you should give. Um, and so there is disagreement there. I just want to be, mm-hmm. be upfront with that. Mm-hmm. But one thing I, I think we we can agree on whether you, you land on uh, every Christian should tithe. And I would tell you, by the way, if you're convicted to tithe, you should tithe um, because you, you want to obey that conviction of your heart. But one thing that I, I think we can say is that, okay, tithing or no, there are certain united uh, characteristics of giving in the New Testament. In fact, I, I think there, there's four of them. Okay. Um, first one would be this, that it's voluntary. Um, we saw this just a second ago with this idea of, okay, don't give under compulsion. And that's something that you find, you didn't have to twist people's arms in the New Testament to give. They just gave. Like you go through uh, the book of Acts and you find story after story of like people, they'll, they'll sell property, they'll come and lay the, the money at the feet of the apostles, and they do so with, with rejoicing. The exception, of course, being Ananias and Sapphira in Acts uh, 5. But generally speaking, it's, it's voluntary. Nobody, nobody uh, makes them do it. It comes from a joy of heart. Hey, my stuff doesn't hold me anymore. Whatever I can give to make uh, the gospel go forward, yes and amen, I'm in. Okay. I just want to make sure everyone heard that. What? That that giving giving is voluntary. Yeah. I I just feel like there are so many people who carry the baggage of being told like God doesn't love them or wow. whether they've made that up in their own head. Yeah. Like, oh well. <sighs> I always put a 20 in the basket at church every week, but uh, I, I, I bought ice cream last night. All I have is 14 and uh, God's so mad at me. Right. Right. Yeah. It doesn't, well, God's heart towards you doesn't change. I mean, it's because we're we're not on the Dave Ramsey show. So there's all these questions of like, well, how are you prioritizing? I I don't know. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not a financial consultant, but no. And, and, and nobody, we said this at the top of the show. Nobody, nobody buys their way into the kingdom. Yeah. Nobody's acceptance from God comes from how much money goes in that plate. In fact, think about it. Like there's a famous story in Luke 21 of the the widow's mite, where you've got this widow who shows up at the temple, and you've got 
all these really wealthy guys, and they're throwing in money that they can just afford to throw in the offering. And this widow, she gives two mice, which is the equivalent, I think, like half a penny in our currency. Okay. Um, and Jesus goes, she gave more than all of them mm-hmm. because she gave all that she had. Right? Yeah. Um, and so it's it's not it's not about the dollar amount; it's about the heart in it. Yeah. Um, but it is a hundred percent voluntary. Second thing that I would say that, but I, I would say this, and actually, with the widow's might, um, it's important to realize, like in terms of her, she gave all that she had. Okay. And again, I would say, um, you know, if, if you're just just to be clear, like in our church, we talk about this. You know, if if you can't afford to give, talk to us, right? Because we. We are a people that, you know, for those who are in our church, we, we want to make sure they're provided for. We want to make sure that we can help in whatever way that we can. And, and we have we have guidelines for that, so we're not just uh, being negligent with it. But, but yeah. Um, but there is another component of this, and this is where I think a lot of people get uncomfortable. Another characteristic of New Testament giving is that it's sacrificial. Um, and so sometimes people ask me, like, well, how much should I give? You know, because um, I just, cat out of the bag, I'm not a tithing guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's if you are okay, that, that's fine. Um, but my response is, you, however much you give, you should feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes, like we we think it's a you know a thing of um, again this, this sort of tip language of like almost like okay, when I'm given the question of like how much should I give, it's almost treated with this sort of okay, like what's the bill that I got to pay? You know, like what's the yeah. what's the check? Or here's the check at the table. What I got? You know what? Um, and that's not the right heart behind it. I, I would just say it more like this. You should give in a way that you miss out on something that you could have spent that money on for yourself. Huh. Minimal. Like if 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 you really like God has not convicted me to give that much, I, I would examine your heart there and just go really like you believe that God has told you just to play it safe and for mostly yourself for your money. I, I, I would just push back on that a little bit. But so when somebody when somebody says to me, all right, how much should I? I would say, if we're going with the New Testament, people are inconvenienced by how much they give because they believe that the furthering of the gospel is the most important thing that their money can go towards. And so that's why you find, find people giving up property, giving up possessions, doing all that they can so that the gospel can go forward. And by the way, we're we're recipients of the benefits of that. They did that, and here we are. The gospel has gone or gone into the known world. Huh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, all right, so you just opened up a big old box. <laughs> go. Uh, you, you just gave sort of a minimum like uh it you should feel it uh-huh uh i feel like somebody could be listening today who does not know what the healthy maximum is to that rule yeah yeah well gosh. like i can't give away property i only have one property <laughs> i have i have the house i live in and there will be three very disappointed girls in my life if actually one of them won't know what's going on but <laughs> <laughs> where yeah. like I feel like that's why the, the, the tithe the 10th is is a healthy place to go because it's it's different for everybody whatever that 10th is but uh, it doesn't right. You know, I, right I heard someone say like it was some story about giving and it's like well why don't we give all that we have and the truth is if you give everything you have not the widow's might but just just the average Joe. If you give everything you have, you'll you'll probably never be able to give again, right? And so you could give a hundred dollars today, right? Or no, I'm you know it's interesting. I, I'm blanking on the verse right now, and that's that's embarrassing. But there's a passage where Paul is talking about it's in one of the epistles where he's talking about receiving a collection, 
And he makes this point. He's like, yeah, give, but don't do it in a way that I have to take a collection for you guys later. That's awesome. In other words, like, <laughs> like, hey, um, yeah, be generous. Absolutely. But don't empty your accounts so that I have to bring aid to you. <laughs> you know? Um, and that's, I mean, I really wish, like, guys, I, even at Marcus, you've been talking, I've been Googling it, trying to find it, and I'm, I'm not, I don't remember the exact wording, so it's just not coming up for me right now. Um, but hey, maybe somebody can, that can email like, us. That does sound like a good, uh, a good ceiling, though. For, yeah. Like a giving ceiling. Yeah. Um, but I want to be really, really careful to not be formulaic because look, man, hmm. do I believe the Holy Spirit might prompt somebody to give up everything that they have and then go and, I don't know, become a missionary? Yeah, I think he does that. So I, like, what I don't want to do is create this prescription that says, like, God will never inconvenience you with your giving and you should always give within this threshold um, because there may be times, and again, yeah, there are personality types, there are compulsive with, with people where they might want to get more than they should. And so I don't have a firm, here's what it should be across the board and here's how we can always guide that because because situations are as different as people are different. Yeah. Um, I, I can say as a shepherd, I would be concerned if somebody was giving to the place where they can't feed their family, I would probably tell them don't. Right. Uh, but I, but I, I can't say unequivocally there will never be a scenario where someone may give up everything that they have, you know? Yeah. You're raising another question for you. I just, you just keep raising questions. Woo! <laughs> You're saying all of these things, knowing for a fact that 99% of people who listen to this podcast probably don't attend your church. Yeah. You are not receiving any kind of financial gain yeah. from telling people to give. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Even though you <laughs> pastor a church. So yeah. wait, it's like, yeah. like, cause I just, right. You know, so many people have this stigma right. that like, well, the church is after my money. Right. And it's like, well, no, let me, can, can I just speak to mine? Is that yeah. Okay? Yeah. So you raise a good point. I don't think I, I told you about this years ago. We had a situation. Oh man. What if I did? And, and it's on another episode. Oh, well, welcome to podcast. Um, <laughs> A situation where, um, a, a, just, just something how my church works, and this isn't every church, but just I'm not I'm not being prescriptive. This is just for us. Um, I am hands off on the money, so we have a finance director who handles it. We have a board of elders. Like when it comes to my salary, I don't. I'm on the board of elders. I am excused from the room for that part. So there's no Bert vote in how much I make. Huh. Uh, my salary is set at the beginning of the year. Uh, by people other than me, and I'm fine with that, and I'm good. Another thing that we have in place is um, I don't know who gives what. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm intentionally I don't know that so that I never show preference to anybody. Um, I, don't, I don't ever be worried about well, if we offend so and so. This might like that's just I, I don't want to face that temptation, so I just don't know. That's cool. Yeah, um, but years ago we had a we had a woman who was attending our church for a while, and she suddenly just left, and so uh, I went to have coffee with her just to find hey you know what what's happened. And uh, what had happened was this. So she had given uh, a large sum of money that I didn't, again, I didn't know about. Um, she had felt convicted this is what I should give. And the following week, just the way time had worked out, I had been saving for a trip to Disney World with my family for an entire year. <laughs> like for an entire, like we had been saving up money. Oh, no. And so we left for Disney the week after that she did that. And she said to me, she said, you know, I found it really difficult that I, you know, I gave this money and you went and took your family to Disney World. And I was like, well, no, that's, that's, that's not what happened. But sometimes, I mean, I could see why it would look that way. Wow. Right. And sometimes, yeah. And sometimes people, they like, they, they have, you know, for whatever reasons, concerns, I guess, so-and-so is abusing it or they're, they're after my this, they're after my that. Um, I can say of the pastors that I know, 
I don't know a single one that's, <laughs> that's about the money. Most of them, I mean, I, I'm happily uh, provided for by God. I have exactly what I need. But, I, you know, if we're just looking at ministry as a, uh, as a thing, right, um, most pastors that I know are overworked and underpaid. Yeah. And they're okay with it because they're not after your money. And that's another thing to realize, you know, with this, this, this false belief, that, oh, man, the church is after my money. Years ago, I heard a, I heard a guy say it like this. Um, he said, you know, if you're just curious how true that is, he goes, go to a restaurant and order all kinds of like whatever you want okay and then at the end of the meal just get up and leave and don't pay he goes they're gonna have a problem with that you know why because they're after your money he goes but come to our church we will serve you to no end we will do whatever we can for you and we will never once demand that you pay us for it you know why? Because we're not after your money, mm. and I think I, I think that's apt. Like, I'm not I, I'm not saying that there are there are have not been times where maybe the the opposite happens somewhere, yeah. but unfortunately, the negative sometimes makes us not see the positive. And I think the vast, vast, vast majority uh, are healthy with finances and absolutely not after it like that. And that's not to say that like your church might pass baskets at some point during yeah. the, the, the service. Mm-hmm. That's not someone demanding money. Nobody is looking you straight. Well, maybe somebody looking straight at you. <laughs> I can't say right. anything for the people right. passing the baskets, but like you're not being told you're not being handed a bill like sure. you are at the restaurant. Yeah. Well, usually, I mean, I, again, I, there are so many churches. I can't speak for every single one of them. Right. Usually I know when giving is part of the service, um, and not every church does that. Like our church, we don't we don't take an offering. We just have boxes out in the back. But when when they are part of it, um, it's usually because it's an act of worship. It's a time kind of like what you were talking about earlier. Like I'm choosing to stop and trust God with my finances, and this is yeah. my time to do that. Um, but no, it wouldn't be a thing as a like unless you put X in the plate, you're going to be in trouble. No, it, it doesn't work like that. But actually, you know, Mark, as you say that, that, that reminds me. Um, like with that idea of it being during the worship service, that's another characteristic of New Testament giving is that it's it's regular. In other words, like it's it's part of their routine of life. Like New Testament believers like routinely are in their in their rhythm of the week are giving to the work of God going forward, um, which we've just seen over and over again. And actually the last one, and I would just say if we're looking at New Testament giving characteristics would just be that it's joyful. Um, it's not that there aren't times where like, where it might be a step in faith and you groan a little bit, but generally speaking, as that discipline grows in you, it becomes your joy to give to uh, church, to give to the work of God going forward. Mm. So you said this, it took us a while to get through them. Those four, <laughs> the fourth, I only have three voluntary, sacrificial, joyful. Oh, and regular and regular. Yeah. It's so funny. There's so much to unpack and I feel like yeah. we could talk. We're even already going a little long on this one. Sorry guys. <laughs> but I mean, I think it's worth talking about because a lot of people don't want to talk about it. Yeah. A lot of people want to go, no, I just want to worship God and we can just keep money <laughs> and all that aside. And um, I mean, if I can just share a bit of my own story, mm-hmm. I, I gave to church you know, through, throughout my life, but I didn't, I didn't have any kind of, 
uh, format or I didn't understand. I just knew like I was supposed, you know, kind of the tip, like I'm going to give God a tip every mm-hmm. Sunday. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when I got married in 2016, uh, w- my wife and I decided to do a joint bank account. And so the whole, the whole family, there's a single bank account and her, you know, what's hers is mine. What's mine is yours. Mm-hmm. It's all one thing. And basically it was put on our hearts. We're going to, we're going to tithe every single week We're gonna or every single paycheck. And we have done that for the last, we're in 2023. So seven years. Okay. We've been doing that faithfully yeah. every single week. That means I've been living on a 90% income. Yeah. In that time, we paid off like 35 grand in student loans. Mm-hmm. We purchased our first house. We both own our cars, modest SUVs, mm-hmm. but we own them outright. We didn't mm-hmm. buy new cars. We have two kids. We still got a hospital bill on one of them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's a li- there's not, you know, we're not going out to Starbucks every single day. Mm-hmm. I'm not eating out. I'm packing a sandwich. Um, there are, you know, we feel it. I feel that money come yeah. out of my account every week, Yeah, but I have lived on 90% of my income Yes, for the last seven years. Um, my wife stays home with the kids. I don't make some crazy salary and we have two kids Yeah, and I just, I just want to you know speak that openly to anyone listening today that you can make good choices and you can also worship God substantially. And the world is going to tell you, you, you need new cars, you need, you know, special whatever's for your house. But the truth is like, if you just give it to God, (laughs) yes, if you're smart with it, it's almost as though he can be trusted. It's almost as if he can be trusted. Because here you are and you got clothes on your back. You've never been lacking a meal. And and look, man, that's that's biblical. I choose what to eat, not can I eat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I love this thing Paul says in Philippians four. He says this is Philippians four, uh, starting verse twelve, but it, it goes into one of the most famous verses that people love to misquote all the time, where he says, uh, "I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want." And here's what it is in verse 13. This is the verse that always gets misquoted. It says, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Mm. Meaning like, I can go through all seasons of life because God is with me. Yeah. And then, but he, he absolutely has this belief that God will take care of him, which is why if you jump forward to verse 19, he says, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Mm. And I believe it, man. I, I, I'm yeah. just, it, you're, you're, you're living testimony of that. I, I, I could tell stories of my own where he's just, he's taking care of me and my family. And even though we choose, all right, we're, we're going to give this, we're going to give that, we're going to do so regularly, we have never been lacking. Yeah. And uh, I I very hesitantly shared that story about my own life because, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, the whole thing about earning treasures in heaven sure. and like don't, don't do things for God so yeah. that you can share them you know, from street corners with a, with a, with a megaphone. I don't, I don't think microphone. anybody hears that from you, but I like, I, I intentionally don't share that a lot, but uh-huh. I have to give God the glory and the praise for 
you know, yeah, I'm, I'm it's, testi- it's testimony. I'm wearing a year old pair of Nikes with Walmart socks and old Navy shorts <laughs> and a t-shirt that I got from my job. Like I'm not, <laughs> not living high and large, but I love my life. Wow, and yeah. I love worshiping God with my finances. Go on, brother. I am totally fine with giving him 10%. And if I could tack this on, maybe you've been giving the same amount for a long time. Uh, what does it look like to increase your percentage by yeah. a single percent? Yeah. Sing, like, you know, if you make a hundred bucks a check and you give $10 a check, What's it, what's it take to give God $11 of that check? Dude, that's good. If you, if you want to learn how to trust God a little bit more, give him the tiniest little bit more than you might think is required of you or that you're convicted to give. I've been thinking that for myself recently. Bro, that's awesome. So anyway, Mark's soapbox over. <laughs> no, no, no. Like that, that was beneficial for all of us. Like, thank you for sharing that. Sure. Um, but thank you, Bert, for the, the, the history of tithing and just this is a big, uncomfortable subject. And sure. so maybe we raised some more questions than we answered. I think I think we did a pretty good job on this one, actually. But if you have more questions about finances, whether it's something that uh, becomes a whole another episode or maybe we'll just answer your question one on one because it's a specific question. We're not financial planners by any means. But uh, if you have questions for the podcast for a future episode, or maybe there's something we weren't very clear about, we'd love to hear from you. Email your questions to podcast at wearethebridge.org. And as always, if you enjoy the show, help us get the word out by leaving a rating, a thumbs up, wherever it is that you're listening to your podcasts. Uh, Be sure to help the algorithm by giving a thumbs up. Maybe share it with a friend. We love answering questions. Thanks for listening.